Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper, and welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast and YouTube show. Here we discuss topics around mental health and wellness, mental illness, recovery, and faith, all from a Christian perspective. There will be lots of information on this episode in the show notes, and for more information on me and my ministry in God's Corner, check out my website. That's www.ingodscorner.org. Now, if you have any topic ideas, or if you'd like to be interviewed for this program, just send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper, and welcome back for the second in our series of episodes called All Things New. Last week, we talked about what it means to have a new life, and specifically, new life in Christ. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to be a new creation. But before we continue with this Bible study series, I do want to share with you why I think having Bible studies as part of our mental health discussion is is really important. And it's a good idea to do this once in a while. You know, most of the topics that we have on this show relate to mental illness, living with a mental illness, mental health uh, therapies, talking to writers with books that could be helpful, a variety of those kinds of topics, more probably a little bit more serious and focused on improving our mental health very intentionally. But I believe that our mental, spiritual, physical, and relational health all work together. And for that reason, having times where we focus on our spiritual health, in my opinion, is another way of improving our mental health. Let me give you just a really brief testimonial on why I I believe so strongly in that. About 20-some years ago, I went through a very dark time in life. I had been bed-bound pretty much for about three months or so, mostly in my room, hiding out. I was going through some very deep, dark depression. I had experienced uh, trauma in the past that I'd never really dealt with, but I was not in a good place. I began to feel hopeless. I was filled with despair. And honestly, I wasn't sure what purpose God could possibly have for me anymore in this world. It was, it was a really dark time. But what pulled me out of it was not getting back into therapy or trying to take medication or any of those things, which are wonderful things. But what first got me back on track to get healthy was hope. I truly believe God pulled me out of that bed and onto my knees and said, it's time to make a change. It's time to get out of that bed. I have work for you to do. It was a little glimmer of hope that pushed me to get the help I needed. And I don't know where I would be today if that hadn't happened. So what I want to invite you to consider is that if you are struggling with your mental health, 
How is your spiritual health? How is your physical health? Okay, that's my weakness, I'm just going to say. I constantly have to work on the physical health side of things. How are your relationships? Because improving our mental health involves really taking care of your entire being. And so that's why I think it's important to once in a while take a break from the more intense topics related to mental health and mental illness and do some Bible study. Let's nurture our souls. Let's focus on our spiritual health and see what happens, okay? So now, this is the second in our January series of All Things New about becoming a new creation. And today I have two scriptures that I'm going to share with you and and teach you a little about what God has taught me from these passages, what God's word says about what it means to be a new creation. We're going to start with Paul's letter to the region of Galatia. The book of Galatians in the Bible is not to a church in some city called Galatia. Galatia was a region in the Turkey area. And this letter was intended to be sent and passed throughout that region to the various churches that were springing up due to Paul's witness and other people's witness about Jesus. So this is the New Living Translation, and I'm going to be reading from Galatians 6, verses 11 through 16. Paul says, Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting. Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. Paul was writing at a time when the Jewish believers were starting to welcome Gentiles into the Christian faith. And it was a really challenging time for them because Circumcision was the sign God gave them that showed they were God's chosen people. For Jewish individuals, that was difficult because, like we talked about last week, they had the tendency to think about all the laws and 613 laws in the Old Testament. And they had this mindset that they had to follow the laws. They were very legalistic in some ways. And taking away that legalistic viewpoint to a simple 
saved by grace alone mindset was challenging. Like I said last last time, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I really invite you to listen because I did talk a little bit more about the fact that there's nothing we can do to earn the grace of God. It truly is a free gift. I want to go back to Galatians and just maybe explain a little about uh, what some of these words mean and how we can uh, learn from them. Paul said, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is in verse 14. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. What Paul is saying is, we need to be heavenly minded. We need to have our focus on the eternal and not just the temporary things of this world. He's not saying that we shouldn't care about what's taking place in this world, not at all. But we have to remember that this world will pass away. No one lives forever. We won't be here forever. But there is a place where we will be forever. And that's where our focus should be. So he goes on to say, after, directly after that in verse 15, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. Remember, it's not. there's nothing we can do. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Last week, we talked about what it meant to have new life, specifically new life in Christ. And not only do we have a new life, we are transformed into a new creation. Some, uh, some of the translations say a new creature. We become new. It happens, well, let's look at it this way. Okay, really, there's kind of two ways to look at this. When we accept the new life through Christ, we are transformed into a new creation. Now, immediately, in our position with God, we are a new creation. We are now his child. We are now going to be with him for eternity. There are places in the Bible that says we are now seated at the, at, in the heavenly places with Jesus. We're already there. So in position, our position with God, we are a new creation. We are an eternal creation that is going to be living with him forever. But in the reality of life, as we become transformed, we go through this process, a process of transformation. Now that transformation can take some time. (laughs) In fact, just give you a little heads up, that transformation will last a lifetime. We are never going to arrive at perfection. We are never going to be without sin. We are always going to have room to grow closer to the Lord, closer with with Him, better in our walk with Him. But we can strive for that. We have to learn what God's Word says. 
and start doing it. We have to continually be learning. We have to be open to what a brother or sister in the Lord may say to us and hold us accountable to things. That's part of our transformation. There are lots of ways that God works in our lives to transform us closer and closer and closer into the image of our dear Savior Jesus. We want to be like him. Let him work in our lives. Let him chip away the parts that are are really not good for us and are not healthy. And let God build up the things in our lives that cause us to grow closer to the image of Christ. So that was the first scripture that I wanted to share with you. Now, the phrase new creation only occurs in the New Testament in these two verses. In fact, new creation is not found anywhere else in the Bible, except for Galatians 6, 11 through 14, that passage. And in the actual passage it's in is verse 15. So Galatians 6, 15, and then 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is the other place where we see the phrase new creation. Or like I said, in some versions, new creature. And in fact, I'm going to read this from my Bible software program. And this is the ESV, the English Standard Version. The English Standard Version is a little bit more literal to the original language. It's more of a direct translation, not as much like the New Living that I previously read, it takes really the essence of what is being said, even if that means using some words in English that maybe wouldn't fit with the Greek translated word. That may be more than you want to know. But uh, Galatians I read from the New Living Translation. So this is 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21 from the English Standard Version. For the love of Christ controls us, Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. To be a new creation in Christ 
means that we become the righteousness of God through Jesus, through what he did for us. I want to go back through that and point out some some teachings. And uh, I want you to really reflect on how you can take this lesson, these words, and make changes in your life. Make changes to your thoughts, to your mindset, to what you believe. Make changes in a way that helps you grow spiritually, that helps you be transformed. This can be part of that transformation process, is to learn what God is teaching us in this passage from Paul. So I'm going to go all the way back, to, and we're just going to work through this together. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 14 and 15. Going to look at that first. And it says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all. Now that, again, Jesus died for everyone, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to live for him. And what did he do for us? He died, number one. He died. And number two, he rose again. If Jesus just simply died, there wasn't a miracle of death being defeated. And if he just died a natural death, it wouldn't have had any meaning. He died on the cross, our sins on him, and then he defeated death and rose again. Our response is to recognize that Jesus is who he says he is. We recognize, in verse 16, we recognize no one according to the flesh. In other words, there's this idea of the spirit again. We recognize that we're not just flesh and bone people here today, gone tomorrow, and that's it. No, we recognize that we are spirit, body and spirit. When Jesus died and rose again, he became a new creature too, a creature that had never existed before. He was an eternal spirit, God in the flesh. And when he rose again, he was reunited with his body. His spirit and body came together. That's why there was no body in the tomb. And one day, this is the cool thing that, of course, we will not understand until we get there. <laughs> One day, our spirit will reunite with our physical body. And don't get caught up in, oh, but what about cremation and all that kind of stuff? God's the creator. He created everything. So one day we will have a body like Christ's, an eternal spirit in a physical form. So moving on, if anyone, verse 17, here it is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Wow, I'm sorry I'm pausing here because it's just amazing to think that it doesn't matter what you have done in your life. It doesn't matter that list of sins, it doesn't matter the list of uh, laws you've broken, 
It doesn't matter how mean you've been to people in your life. You can become a new creation, a new creature in Christ, and you can make changes. God can transform you away from that past. Here's what he did. And this is, again, continuing in, I think this is still verse 17 or on to verse 18. All these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. That means he made a way for us to have a relationship with him through Christ. We can have a relationship with God through Jesus. Remember, because now he sees us as righteous in his son, righteous in Christ. So that's number one. He reconciled us. Number two, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we can't keep this to ourselves. What Jesus did for us, making a way for us to have a relationship with the God of the universe, the creator God, the amazing eternal being, we can have a relationship with him through Jesus. And we can't keep that to ourselves. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we have got to go tell others so they also can enjoy this personal relationship with the Lord. And the very next phrase is, kind of repeats, it restates what I just said. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Number one, not counting their trespasses against them. When it says we are reconciled to himself, reconciled to God through Christ, it's because he is not counting our trespasses against us anymore. God cannot be in the presence of sin. He doesn't count our sin, our trespasses, our evilness, our bitterness. He doesn't count any of our bad traits against us anymore when we are in Christ. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And previously, just a couple of phrases before that, it said he gave us the ministry of of reconciliation and this says he has committed to us the word of reconciliation this is something we do in action in word in thoughts in relationships we have to demonstrate to the world that it is possible to have the relationship with the god of the universe a ministry of reconciliation. And then the final verses, therefore, and you know what therefore means, therefore means you have to look what comes before. Because of everything I just said, because we are a new creation, because we are reconciled with God, because we have a ministry and a word of reconciliation, because of this relationship we now have with the Lord, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. And here's the appeal. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We beg you. There is no greater decision to be made in this life than the decision to follow Jesus, to become new, to have new life, to be transformed into a new creation. There is no greater decision in life. 
And we have got to tell people. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we may become the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so amazing. And Lord God, when we, when we have that hope in our hearts, when we have that, that knowledge that it's possible to have a relationship with you, that just, it's incredible, Lord. It's, it's miraculous. It's overwhelming. Help us not to take that lightly. Help us not to take the gift of your grace lightly. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and what he's done for us. We thank you that we can have a relationship with you, God, our Father, because of what Jesus, your son, has done for us. And Lord God, I thank you that you have given us the job of being your ambassadors, that we have got to tell others. Help us, Lord, to be bold, but to be kind to not shy away from truth, but to not give in to judgment. Help us, Lord, to really be your representatives, your, ambassador, your ambassadors in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you'll come back next week for the third in this series called All Things New. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and don't forget there's even more information in the show notes. You'll want to check those out. Now please join the conversation on mental health and faith. Leave your comments or send me an email with your thoughts, questions, or suggestions. I really look forward to hearing from you. May God bless your journey.